study of sacred pathways, we would love to know which of these pathways that you really identify with and maybe the ones that you don't identify with at all. So in the Slack channel, I have posted a thread that we would love for you to go comment this week. Again, the one uh, sacred pathways that you identify with and the ones that you don't. We really want this to be a conversation and I think it helps us get to know each other since some of us don't even serve um, at all or maybe have never even met each other. This was a good way for us to like start a conversation around this study um, and just get to know each other a little bit. So do that this week. Um, I will leave the charge and I will post first in the thread. So go ahead and comment under me. All right, let's jump into it. This week, we're going to talk about um, activists and caregivers. So let's um, kick it off with activists. Activists love God by standing up for righteousness and justice. They love and worship through confrontation which is an interesting word to use. Um, but as I started like diving into it, it, it makes total sense. And I think when we hear the word confrontation, we already have this um, negative connotation around it, but that's not it at all. Some of us want to run for the hills and some of us want to uh, face it straight on. But I'm excited for us to dive into this because I think it will shift our perspective um, on confrontation and how we approach it as Christians, whether you relate to the activists or you you have no relation at all to it. And here is what differentiates us from the world when we approach the conversation around confrontation. Because let's just say it, the gospel is offensive to a world that loves itself and loves evil deeds. It is. Why would they want the gospel when they worship themselves? And so confrontation for us as the believer is not for the sake of being right. It's for the sake of the ultimate truth the scriptures, and God's revelation. And activists have a single-minded zeal and a strong sense of vision built around this. If you're an activist, you have a passion to build the church and work for justice in the world. You probably crave justice in every situation and scenario in your life. Confronting evil and error and revealing truth to those who have been blinded by the world's veil draws you closer and heightens your awareness for God's presence. You meet God within the confrontation. You meet God while evangelizing to unbelievers or family or friends or the body of Christ. If you have any ounce of evangelizing gift, you probably relate to this pathway in some way, shape, or form. You love to be on the front lines. You love to be in the madness of confronting this worldly kingdom that we have been placed in with God's kingdom. If I could give one word to the activists in this chat, it would be balance. And we have the greatest example of a perfectly balanced activist, Jesus. He modeled a balanced activism with eased spiritual refreshment and intense ministry. Another great biblical uh, ministry to dive into that isn't God himself, uh, perfect in all his ways, and absolutely impossible for us to achieve, um, would be Nehemiah. He was an activist. When he heard that Jerusalem was in ruins, he was troubled and depressed. He prayed and then he told the king, Here's the problem. Here's the plan. Here's a list of what I need from you and what we can do. And where do we start? Let's do it. This was an activist's prayer and his action. And I believe both of them have to go hand in hand. So if you relate to the activist pathway, I have two challenges for you this week. The first is read through or listen to Nehemiah. Get into the scriptures. Read the story of a Bible figure that you already have common ground with and can relate to. Activists, y'all are doers. Don't get lost in all of the doing. 
to mold and to shape lives through and for the gospel, you first have to mold and shape your own. And the second, I want you to practice intercessory prayer this week. Ask God who needs prayer around you and pray for them in the quietness of your own heart without them ever knowing. Maybe approach someone new and ask how you can pray for them and with them. Pray for your kids and your spouse out loud at bedtime this week. And here's just a last thought, a gentle reminder for all of our activists. You cannot change hearts through the act of your activism. You need the Holy Spirit. He changes hearts. He changes lives. If you have no prayer life, you have no activism that will bear fruit. Dive into your scriptures. Dive in and press into the Holy Spirit this week. Build your prayer life. And as you do that, we cannot wait to see how your ministry is built and the the fruit that it bears. All right, let's jump into caregivers. For caregivers, acts of mercy are a very practical way for them to show their love for God, but also grow in their love for God. Caregivers love God by loving others. Caring for people isn't necessarily a chore for them, but it's a form of worship. If this is you, then God's presence probably seems the most tangible when you're helping others, when you're serving others. And you probably would much rather serve than be served. Caregiving is both a calling and a command. And offering care will always be a form of worship. Though we are human and though we are more often than not selfish, when we offer care to one another, we are a witness to God's existence. The way that we love one another testifies to a God that is good, a God that is present, and a God that is moving. I personally am not naturally adept as a caregiver or with a spirit of mercy. Mercy is definitely not a spiritual gift that I exude easily at every turn. Um, But Peter 4 says this. It says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. If being a caregiver doesn't uh, come naturally to you either, Uh, Here's a reminder. We are all called and commanded to be caregivers and offer service. And service can look a million different types of ways. It's anything that falls under offering resources, time, money, influence, and expertise for the care and the protection and the nurture of others. I have to always go back to the Beatitudes when I need to be recentered on who I am in Christ and who I should strive to be. Because verse 7 is for the caregivers in the house. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Praise God, because we are all in need of mercy, and we have all been shown mercy through the blood and the resurrection of Jesus, so we should all strive to be merciful. And we can indeed do this through the blood of Jesus and the help of the Holy Spirit. In John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus says, A new command I give to you, love one another, as I have loved you, so must you also love one another. By this, everybody will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The world will know our love for God by the way we love and care for those around us. Just want to repeat that because I feel so much conviction um, and so much passion when I think of that. The world will know our love for God by the way we love and care for those around us. So for my caregivers this week, this is my challenge for you. 
and it's to rest in God's presence. I know that seems a little out there uh, when it comes to this, but like I said, we're all commanded to be caregivers and you're, the fact that it comes uh, somewhat naturally to you is such a gift. But again, we are a sinful people. And I think a lot of the time when I think about the caregivers in my life, um, they have this natural inclination to idolize this gift and identify with it. And their identity then comes from the care that they give. And so let what God has established be used for good. And remember that your identity is not found in what you do, but whose you are. Let that fuel the gift that God has given you. I have loved diving into both of these with you guys. I I just love that these are building on one another because I think some of them are so different from um, each other, but also some of them have these um, subtle like overlaps. So I'm really enjoying it. I feel like this is honestly such a cool tool um, to be given like context around how others worship and maybe um, kind of identify some ways that I worship. And so again, just a reminder that there's no one size fits all uh, path to God. Each of us relates to God and loves God in different ways um, because we are unique. I mean, Thomas suggests that himself. Um, there, These are just various pathways for us to consider as we live lives unto God and, and for the glory of his name. Again, just a reminder, comment in the Slack what pathways that you identify with and which ones you are like, absolutely not. We'd love to hear it and we want to connect with you guys. So we hope you guys have a great week. 